Yesterday, I told you a pretty crazy story about the time I got new eyes. Uh, not Minority Report Tom Cruise style, although that would be cool. Uh, but when I actually got round eyes, and I'd never had those before. And today I want to talk to you about seeing the world through new eyes, about seeing the best in those around you, about seeing possibility and beauty and wonder, uh, and seeing the future as it can be and not the present as it is, um, or not the present as we hope it would be, which we've talked about in this podcast a lot. Welcome to the In Bloom podcast. I am Josh Bickford. I am your host of this daily Monday through Thursday cup of coffee where we talk about thriving on life, thriving in life and real estate. We take a look at the future uh, and we do it over the best cultural thing of our industry, a cup of coffee where we, we share our dreams and connect to each other. So got my new fancy California mug today. Uh, let's take a sip and we'll get started. Mm. Ah, it's hot. So today, um, I want to talk to you about seeing the world through new eyes. What does that look like? What does it mean? Um, how does it change you? Maybe it's even a better way to put it when you kind of put a new set of eyes on and choose to see the best in things. So I have a couple of books here, which we've not done. Spiral Dynamics. Uh, this one is by Don Beck. Uh, you know what? I don't know the co-author's name. I, don't know, I believe the co-author passed away a long time. But this, this is one of the most... Um, oh, well, it's not in there. So um, I would love to tell you. But if you look up Don Beck's Spiral Dynamics, uh, that book probably shaped, reshaped would be a better way to say it, uh, how I see everything more than any book I've ever read. Um, I have always been somebody who has been interested in personality profiles and understanding other people and um, being able to quickly identify how they see the world, you know, kind of their perspective, that sort of thing. Uh, you can use that in a sales perspective, of course, if you can identify what motivates somebody that fast. Uh, it's pretty quick to, there's a, it's a much quicker process for you to figure out what their motivations are and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've been through lots of those. I've been through the Enneagram, which I think is awesome. Uh, and I think, you know, I have friends who deep dove that to the point that I was like, well, there's not eight numbers, there's 7,000 numbers, and you just make up something as you go, uh, which I don't think is super helpful. Uh, and I never use them to understand myself that deep. Uh, kind of the way that I use those tools about myself was to understand my strengths and my weaknesses and the things that I needed to work on and the things that maybe I needed to lean into a little bit more because they were my, my superpowers. So uh, I always, on the DISC profile, I was always... Um, high D, high I. I was always a really low, like nothing in the S and the C was pretty low. I learned later that why that is. Uh, I'm actually super high detailed. So it's kind of funny that when I took those tests for some reason, that's how I tested. On the Enneagram, I'm a seven, which means I'm a ton of fun. Uh, I'm a glutton, you know, like it never made sense to me that if you buy a get bag of gummy bears, you don't eat the whole thing because they're delicious. Uh, I found out that that's actually how I'm wired. Most people aren't wired that way. And in and when I got to Spiral Dynamics, um, I could make sense of why some of the stuff I'd been through uh, had kind of read me incorrectly or pointed me in the wrong direction. I understood why so many people that I had previously worked with had talked about how I was very hard to read and how I had so much potential within me, but they were 
they were unable to bring it out. I had a teacher in high school tell me that once. Um, and I, I understood that when I read Spiral Dynamics. So Spiral Dynamics is about the lens through which we see the world and kind of how we evolve. But it works both individually and collectively. And you can actually track Spiral Dynamics through the Bible, uh, which obviously, you know, is written over several thousand years. You can, you can track that, that um, kind of the advancement of human beings, so to speak, uh, you can track it in the same way. Uh, and the biggest thing I don't want to, this isn't me. I'll probably do a podcast where I teach you about this stuff because it is powerful. I would encourage you to pick up the book. It's going to take you a long time to read it. It's basically a textbook. Uh, you look for other videos on YouTube talking about spiral dynamics. But what I wanted to talk about was everybody is doing the best they can with what they have. And that's not something that we believe typically. We kind of think that people are out to get us or that they're lying or that there's ulterior motives or, you know, everybody's out for themselves and nobody's out to help other people. Uh, that is a complete, complete lie. Uh, there are sociopaths. You know, there are some of those. There are psychopaths. There are there are people who are that way, but there are very few, very, very, very few. The vast majority of people are doing the best they can with what they have. And if, when you have conversations, which I've talked about, I think it was uh, the run up to the 2016 election, I was having conversations and leading conversations into ways to just listen to people. Uh, I wanted to understand why somebody could support Hillary Clinton and why somebody could support Donald Trump and why somebody thought they both were terrible and why somebody else couldn't vote at all. Like I wanted to, to hear people's perspectives. And what I found, um, if you actually listened to how the people arrived at their decisions, it makes a ton of sense, even if you completely disagree with the, with the decision that they've made. You know, they could tell you that Hillary Clinton is the answer to all of America's problems and give you, you know, 10 points why. I didn't, I didn't agree with that in any way, shape, or form. And a lot of their points I disagreed with as not being true many times. Same on the other side. You know, people would tell me things about Donald Trump and, and I would disagree with some of their facts. But, you know, we now know in 2023, like if you're getting your facts from specific places, you know, from certain places, none of them are actually facts. Like we really know that today. And back then we didn't as much. But I never had a conversation with somebody where I honestly asked them and honestly sought answers about how they came to the conclusion that they did, where I didn't find myself agreeing with how they came to that conclusion and finding myself saying, that makes all the sense in the world that they, that they fit that way. Uh, and I think if you step back and practice that a little bit, which is why I'm sharing it with you, if you, you, know, if you have a disagreement with your parents or your mother-in-law or something, uh, she has different experiences than you have. She's from a different generation than you are, so to speak. Uh, not even so to speak. I mean, really, like her experience through life that's brought her to where she is today is different than yours. And so you may see things in a whole new way uh, than she does. And that doesn't mean that she isn't trying to help you in the way, best way she knows how, that she isn't acting out of love or out of support or how she sees things as being the best for you. Um we get into trouble with that a little bit when we're convinced that we're right. We don't give people space to make their own decisions. Uh, but that like, you know, online, you know, there's the boomers and the millennials fight all the time. They're different generations. Like they have totally different experiences and there's things about both that are great. And there's things about both that aren't. Uh, 
but millennials could learn a lot from boomers and boomers could learn a lot from millennials. Like it's the world millennials are growing up in boomers have no frame of reference to. And likewise, the world that the boomers grew up in millennials have no, uh, they've got no frame of reference for that. And me, well, I'm Gen Z, not Gen Z. I'm Gen X, you know, leave me alone and let me do my thing. Right. I'm kidding, but uh, we, you can expand on this. If everybody around you is doing the best they can with what they have and you give them space to do that, uh, you give them space to flourish. You know, you, you can look at your customers and your clients and your associates and your coworkers and your bosses and all that. And you can give them grace because you can you can ask them questions with how they arrived at a decision in an honest way. Uh, and when you ask them questions of how to arrive, how they arrive somewhere in an honest way, you probably are going to get asked the same thing. Well, how did you get to yours? And you entered into a world of discussion and not a world of argument. Uh, so I think that's one um, one way that can completely transform your life. If you just embrace the idea that people are doing the very best they can with what they have. And instead of trying to change them, you try to see their perspective. And from that place, decisions can be made differently. I, I like that is life changing stuff. You can take a step back in election seasons and not worry about everything. You can, um, avoid family drama and you can look out for your children in a completely different way when you look at their perspective in that way. So I highly recommend the Spiral Dynamics books. Uh, I actually have another one here, um, Spiral Dynamics in Action. Uh, this one, I have not read the whole thing, but I bought this because it goes into, um, boy, it's, I should have re reread these real quick, but it goes into South Africa uh, when Mandela was they actually used spiral dynamics in South Africa to reunite the country when Mandela was taken out of prison and um, and installed in leadership. And, you know, obviously South Africa had apartheid and a whole lot of problems down there. Uh, and that it's, it's fascinating. I mean, it's totally fascinating. So uh, let's take another sip of coffee and then we'll talk about the world around us. So as, as I said, last week I was in California. Um, I live in Colorado, so... Uh, the joke around here is that it used to be that if you look at California in a few years, that's what Colorado will be. And now it's more like six months. So like the problems that they have there, they just have more so than we have here. So I've seen this here, too. So um, something I didn't see when I lived in Georgia and I sure, sure didn't see in Iowa because that was so long ago that it, we didn't really have that are like tent cities. Uh, and total encampments full of lots and lots of homeless people. Um, they actually anger me today because what I see when I look at those are people whose humanity is being robbed from them. I see people who are being abandoned by the people who should be standing up for them. Uh, I see policies that are designed to keep them in addiction, to keep them in mental illness. Uh, and they're obviously not all that way. But if you get around those much, there's obviously a lot of that. I mean, those are people who are made in the image of God. Those are people who have the same humanity that you and I do. Uh, they have the same potential that you and I do. And it's being taken from them, uh, all in the name of goodness and kindness and that sort of thing, which is a totally a lie. Uh, we have one here uh, that it's a ways from where I live, but it's an intersection I drive through a lot. Uh, and there'll be encampments that are 
literally right up next to a road that's six lanes wide that people drive 55 miles an hour on. Uh, outside of, you know, how horrible that is. and all, That is just unsafe. Uh, on another part of town here, we had, we had something like that where a car jumped the curb and ran the people over and killed them. You know, their deaths should not have happened. You know, the, the driver probably was, had been drinking and everything has some responsibility, but the people who allowed that kind of policy to take hold and take root, they share responsibility in that death too. Like that's a person, that's a family or who, whatever that group was like, those are people who matter. Those are people who have potential. Those are people who have something to provide the world. Uh, and we're taking it from them and pretending like we don't see it, trying to turn a blind eye to it and pretend like we're doing the caring, loving thing. Um, that's a different perspective. A lot of people, you know, they look out and they see junkies. They see people who are worthless that add nothing but take, you know, like that, that is not at all the perspective that one should have about you know, like, we need to have a lot of compassion there. Uh, all of us get our lives off. We get um, off track from time to time. And I don't think very many people still understand how destructive fentanyl is and how pervasive it is you know at which i'll say public service announcement don't take any drugs off the street because they all have fentanyl on them and they all have the potential to turn you into that or to kill you um lots of you know sudden died suddenlies that people had tried to say for one thing have actually come out later that they had fentanyl in their system uh, so that's killing a lot of people right now it's, it's freaking tragedy so um that's that's one way. You know, we've got the same thing going on in our border, not to just wade into politics, but uh, let's branch this out into like our cities. Um, there's parts of your town that you can drive through that aren't good. And there's other parts that are just beautiful and manicured and they're fantastic. And you just feel good when you're in those areas. Well, every part of your town could look like that. It really could. Every park could be beautiful. Every... You know, in the wintertime, every street could be plowed. Uh, the flowers could always be in bloom in season. Uh, the bushes and shrubs could be um, properly taken care of. You know, the parks could be in good working order. The streets could be clean. You could be free of litter. Uh, it's on us. You know, it's like how we steward, for lack of a better word, how we steward what we've been given, you know, like. If you look at the parts of town that you don't feel comfortable in or that you don't want to drive through or that are just, you know, they're a blight or they're ugly or they're whatever, you know, why don't you be a part of making those better, of improving them, of coming up with a plan? You know, maybe it's simply grabbing a bag and going and picking up garbage. You know, maybe it's near where you live and you get some neighbors together and you go clean up the park on a Saturday just so it's nice. Like we should be focused on making the world a more beautiful place. Like that should be something that we genuinely want to see and do with our life here. Uh, beauty should be something that we pursue. Uh, I, I, like the people who came long before us, you know, like you look at churches that were built hundreds of years ago, they're unbelievable. And it took them hundreds of years to build them. And today we put up, you know, a metal box and pretend like it's close to the same thing. Like we should pursue beauty. We really should. We should seek to make our neighborhoods as beautiful as possible, to make our schools as beautiful as possible, our churches, our office buildings, our shopping centers, all of it. Beauty should be like a given that we're always looking to make everything more beautiful, that we want our kids to grow up in a more beautiful city than we did. And we want our grandkids to see even more beauty. 
uh, than we did. So um, that's the podcast for today. Um, I want to do a ladies' man joke about my cup being about out of Cavassier, but uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm about out of coffee here. Uh, these are 15 to 20 minute conversations we do each day. Uh, and I feel like that's a good place to stop. I would encourage you, um, from my heart to yours, um, try to look at some things with new eyes. Uh, if you see a problem, instead of finding, you know, oh, this is a problem, spend a couple minutes and think about some solutions. And then if you come up with a good one, maybe put a plan in place to put that into action or take it to the people that, that, you can, that could help with it or you know, bring it up in conversations over coffee with other people. You know, it might be that you that the problem you locate is a big one and you're going to need a lot of help with it. Uh, I think that that's something we should always be doing. Uh, we are moving into a very transitional period and we're going to get to remake this country uh, in a whole new way. And if we choose to see what we're making through new eyes and we get rid of the eyes of the past and we look towards the future. And what do we want this place to be? What do we want to pass off? What do we want our children and our grandchildren to inherit? Uh, man, we're going to make this place amazing. Uh, I really believe our best days are in front of us. Uh, and I hope that, you know, I've kindled something inside you so that you can kind of feel that as well. So don't give in to fear. Don't give in to the pessimism and the, and the unraveling that we're going through right now. You know, choose to be optimistic, choose to look at what can be and not what is or what shouldn't be um, and be somebody who creates a better tomorrow. Uh, if you got value today, share this with a friend, hit the like button, subscribe to the podcast. If you had not, if you've not, we, we are uh, live Monday through Thursday on YouTube, on Twitter and on LinkedIn. I have been posting the videos later once they're all fixed up on Facebook, and then I post to the audio platform of your choice later. I would love to hear from you, uh, josh at joshbickford.com. If you got any ideas for the podcast, if there's a way that I can help you or serve you, uh, if there's something you think I could do to make the world a better place, uh, just let me know. I'm all in. Uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time with me today, and I hope today is one of the best days of your life. God bless you, and I will see you next week. Cheers.